Hey everybody, this is Dino with her podcast. I'm bringing you another bonus episode from back in the what podcast days. This episode, Andrew and I talk about the first six Friday the 13th films, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Once again, want to warn you, the language is a bit salty, so this episode is for mature audiences. Have a great one. Be decent to each other. talking a little Friday the 13th. I'm not going to say the grandfather of them all, but definitely the heaviest hitter of all the slasher films. Uh, I think some people would probably disagree with you and initially go to Halloween. Yeah. But fuck them. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, to be honest with you, there were slashers before Halloween even. But that's why I'm saying the the heaviest hitter in them. of them out all of the right slashers? Now. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's def- it's definitely my favorite out of the bunch. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, revisiting these, I, I've you know, kind of have some and as you do, you know, the, the unpopular opinions about the films, you know, it's it's kind of weird because I've got one movie that's my favorite, but then I have one movie that I think has got the best script. And then one movie that has my favorite Jason, and they're all different movies. Well, that's the whole, that's the beauty of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I have the same thing. I have a favorite Jason. I have a movie that I think is the best. I have one that is my favorite, just like you just said. It's it's the same thing. Well, 1980, dude. That's when the the first one dropped. 1980. Yep. 1980 uh, was shot in New Jersey. And uh, pretty much, I mean, this was a movie that was marketed, you know, as the scariest movie before it was even made, you know, by Sean Cunningham himself, you know. He put out full-page ads and papers talking about the scariest movie ever made, and they didn't even have a script yet, you know. That's genius friggin' marketing, man. Oh, it is. Absolutely it is. But, yeah, I mean, there's just so much with this original movie that's ridiculous you know little tidbits of of geeky knowledge like you know sally field actually auditioned for the role of annie 
Really? I believe. Yeah. It was either I did Annie not or know that. Alice. I think it might have been Annie. But yeah. Yeah, but Annie was like a she didn't have a, a really big part. Like I could see Sally Field going for Alice. She's the the final girl. Yeah, but it also could have I mean, that would have been like kind of like Psycho, you know, like the Janet Lee, you think she's the the lead and then a half hour into it she's dead. You know, or actually, you know what that would have been? It would have been Drew Barrymore scream. That's exactly what I was going to just, that's what I was going to say to you. It would have been exactly that. Yeah, that would have been like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that would have been called, like, did they just kill Sally Field off in like the first five minutes? Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, dude, that movie's old and, you know, it's not perfect, but they did do a lot of things right with it. The scene where in early on when she's in the in the truck with the dude and he's essentially, he's having the conversation with her, but he's essentially having the conversation with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I always thought that was kind of cool. I was like, yeah, this cat talking to me? And then... <laughs> You're an American original. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then the scene where she's running through the woods from the, you know, the killer. At the, we have no friggin' idea who it is. Right. That scene is pretty hairy, man. Dude, that, that throat slit is freaking ridiculous. Definitely. Someone agreed with me. I heard, I heard a bell. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was the spirits in the haunted mansion. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, man. Dude, young Kevin Bacon, we got him. Yep. That was that was bizarre, and he got it friggin' good. Yeah. I mean, and he, I mean, he essentially really did nothing in that movie except die. Yeah. Get an arrow through the, you know, through the chest, neck, chest area. Neck, yeah. yeah. He got, he gets the arrow in his neck from underneath the bed, because what's he doing? He's laying there after he, after he was hooking up with the chick, and he was, what's he doing? He's getting ready to light a J. Yeah, and then the hand comes, grabs his forehead, right, pulls him back, and right through, right through the neck. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Because wait, what was it? Because what was it? Blood was dripping on him. From the dude who, from like the first guy who got killed. Right. Which was later revisited in part three. We'll get to that. Let's not jump ahead. But yeah. But yeah, was that, well, was that uh, Crazy Indian Boy? Or was that the other dude that killed the snake? Why do I feel like it's Crazy Indian, dude? I think, because you really didn't see him die. He like walked he kind walks of off and he goes to explore the cabin. That's that's what happens right. to him, right? And that was an off, right? That was nothing. In uh, what's his name there that killed the snake? Um, I forgot his name. It's been that long. The guy who owns the wait. The guy who owns the camp? No, not not Mr. Christie. The guy, uh, dark haired guy. He had the machete and he cut the snake when the snake was in the cabin. Oh, dude, I'm totally drawing a blank, man. Dude, that. Is, that actor, his name is Harry Crosby, and he was the son of Bing Crosby. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Your okay. nerdiness knows no <laughs> bounds, bro. <laughs> I aim the plate. <laughs> Dude, oh my God. A Bing Crosby. Nope. Well, all right. I, you know. Shit, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah. That's the last person's kid you're going to expect to see in that movie. Like, Bing Crosby, man. For real. <laughs> now, let me, okay, now, 
I, oh, I kind of want to beat myself up because I'm not, I'm like a little stale on the first one for some reason. I don't know why that is. Okay. That is also the one where the chick is in the bathroom and she catches it with the axe. Yeah. And there's like the slow, you know, the slow-mo and then the pause and you see the blood hit the lamp hanging from the ceiling. I love yeah. the dramatic pause and then it like echoes out and you're just like, even if this wasn't particularly scary, they made it scary just by doing that. Yeah. It like gives some kind of credibility to the scare. Like literally a munchkin from Oz could have jumped out in that scene and they could have done the same thing and it would have been frightening. Well, cause you gotta think they have to do something because you're dealing with a movie where you are not seeing the killer at all. You know, hand, you're seeing hands, man hands, but you're seeing hands <laughs> Those are definitely not Betsy hands. Palmer's hands. You know? No, clearly not. <laughs> but so well, God, they I hope have, not. I mean, how the heck, you know, are you going to generate scares when you can't show a killer? No, you have to imply the danger. Right. Which they did beautifully. And then what else? Oh, dude, the scene where I can't think of who it is. You know what it is, dude? The characters in that first one, with the exception of Alice, are not really all that memorable. No, they're they're all just body count. Yeah, they're they're like kind of generic characters. Like Alice stands out, and I'm sure it's part of that has to do with the actress herself. Well, you know, what's his face? You're all doomed. Yeah, crazy Ralph. Crazy Ralph. He sticks out. I mean, the only reason Kevin Bacon sticks out is because we now we know that he's Kevin Bacon. Right. But yeah, everybody else in that movie is kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, I mean, with the exception of Betsy Palmer, she's just fucking frightening. Right. <laughs> and then, I mean, what's his name there? Mr. Christie, just because he's a creeper. Oh, totally. I mean, he's just all creeping on, on, <laughs> on Alice. Yeah, in like a like with a his, sex yeah. offender sort of way. Yep, with the with, with his uh, fro, you know, porn mustache and hairy belly, you know. Yeah, and then he's got like the boots with the socks, and like, yeah, that's not a good look, my dude. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> it's real. It's really not. Now, as much as I love the first Friday, and I, there's going to be a lot of people who are just going to hate on me ridiculously for saying this. That movie drags a little bit. It doesn't really come into its own until Betsy Palmer enters in full. Like, you don't even know that she's the killer yet, but the movie doesn't really get interesting. I mean, you know, I kind of like the shot where the dude down by the water or the where the archery shit is and then all the lights come on and they're like looking into the light like, what the hell is happening? I was just like, oh, this is getting a little hairy. But nothing really serious happens until we get Mrs. Voorhees. The whole last section of that movie is excellent. Yeah. You know, and then they go to, you know, we, we go through the whole thing and then the fight on the beach is... It's good, man. It, it's not over the top. It looks like it's, it's believable. It, it looks like two two ladies, like, scrapping. Yep, it, it really does. Yeah, definitely. And then, dude, the music and the slow-mo, and they take off the head, and it's just like, whoa, man, that was hairy. Yep. 
obviously we needed it. It had to start it off. You know, it's the original. I love it in its own right. And I've, you know, I've mentioned this to you before. That movie's almost like a primer. Yeah. Like, I feel like they used it to, like, they used it for what it was. They made it. It was good. It had to, you needed that to set the stage for what was going to come. Because part two, that just, you know, that just took it to another level. Right. Now, did you, did you watch these in order when they came out? No. Okay. I saw part two first. Okay. Yeah, because I saw them. I saw one and two. I saw them in order. I mean, crap. I had to have been maybe seven or eight. And they had both of them showing on HBO. And we were at a friend's house. And they showed one and two. And this was before three even came out. So it was that early. And dude, (laughs) it was really the scariest damn thing I had ever seen. And love at first sight at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. But dude, you you can't tell me that okay, you sat there and you watched the you watched the first one and you were like, "Whoa, man, that was crazy." And then you go right into the second one. Dude, just the opening credits terrified the shit out of me. Dude. Yes, oh my god. Com- completely terrified the shit out. Of me. Yeah, cuz you just like, "Oh my god, what is about to happen right now?" Yep. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, that's intense. Yep. I mean, then you're sitting there thinking, you know, you have your 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 hero from the first movie. You know, she's dealing with her with her stuff. All right, you know, here she is. She's gonna, you know, come back and and then fucking ten minutes into the damn movie, she ends up with a nice pick in her head. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, and now you see. Now here's the okay. Here's the weird thing. What I don't understand is, okay, you just went through all that traumatic shit. Now, what did she do? She she stayed in the same town and got herself a, an apartment? And Jason just does what? Walks out of the woods and, and puts a head in the, in the refrigerator? Now, was she, was she, I mean, was it like a trying to cope with a thing, like getting past it? I mean, it could be because she's clearly, I mean, she's on the phone with her mom. Right. And they're talking about, you know, her coming home or whatever. So maybe she's trying to get through it. Yeah, maybe it's a coping mechanism, but I I don't know. That just seems strange. This woman just tried to murder me. She was clearly in the hospital for a little while. Yeah. I don't know. I probably wouldn't have stayed there. No, I probably wouldn't have either. You know what I mean? That's just that's just a little odd to me. And now, then, how, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. How much? How much time is there supposed to be between the first and the second movie? Now, see that I'm a little unclear about because I can't see now. I man, I feel like I should have just watched it just so that I was hot on the subject. Okay. Let's fast forward a little bit when because I know they're at, when when he when they're at the camp right when they're around the campfire and he's telling the story was it like two years or something no it's five he says five years five years now was it five years from Annie's uh, from Alice's death till this or five years from years from Mrs Voorhees' death right so I don't it, know. Was there a time jump between Alice's death and everyone getting together at, what was that, Pinehurst? I think so. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm a, I am a little unclear on that myself. And I'm, you know, I dork out on these pretty good. I'm actually kind of embarrassed about my brain farts on the first one. But yeah, that part normally, I'm a little skeptical about. Right, because you would think normally in a movie, if there's a time jump like that, they would do a scroll or something, or else that's just the giant info dump that you're doing there, which would be interesting. Right, okay. Well, that makes sense. Cause that, okay, so there, there's the camp I'm going to fall in. I'm going to say that it was some time indeterminate between Annie getting... Alice. Alice getting rescued, and then... The end of part killed. one, essentially. The ending of part one, which I'm still taking as Jason, that was a dream. And it oh, wasn't... the Jason in the water? Yeah, that didn't really happen. Because yeah. nobody else knew what, what... Yeah, that was a dream. Right. That was a dream, so... And then that, and then, and then it's five years from Alice's death to essentially the start of part two. Okay, so that's that's the opinion that we're gonna go with, that it's five years from when Alice disappears, right, to the beginning of part two. Okay, that worked for me. That'll I, and, and unless we are presented with some more knowledge, which I would love to have if anybody wants to chime in on this, that's that's the theory that we're gonna go with. Yep. Okay. So now we're five years into the future, and we're going back to camp. Yeah. So what? I, I, <laughs> we're, we're looking for. Uh, okay. We're doing a full functioning camp. We've got the. Uh... Which is not the same camp. It, it's it's not Crystal Lake. It's just some. No. It's not. It's not the same camp. It's just on the same lake. Right. And that's a and that's something that a lot of people will criticize about these movies. Going, you know, there's a killer out there. Why would you keep going to that camp? Well, they don't. <laughs> and yeah, it's not the same camp, no. It's not at all. Half the time, it's not even a camp. It just happens to be in the woods and the lake that surrounds the area because people do have houses on a lake. <laughs> right. Well, where they are in two, that's not Camp Crystal Lake. No. That's some kind of camp uh, counselor training ground. That's not really the camp. You got a couple of, you know, dormitory kind of houses and then the big house, but they don't ever give you the impression that there's a whole bunch of little lodges for when the kids show up. They don't ever, they don't ever imply that. No. So this is just some kind of property used for whatever that happens to be Crystal Lake adjacent, I guess. Right. And then you end up with a bunch of counselors. Like, there's so many people at this place that you think, hell, this is going to be a freaking field day. But they end up getting rid of them real easily by, like, sending them out to a bar. Right. And what I always thought was interesting is that they get rid of that whole posse of people, even though when they're at the camp themselves, you never really see them. They never introduce you. They only introduce you to the people that you that are going to get killed. And the thing that I always thought was strange about this is that there's that one skinny dorky dude, you know, the one who plays the prank on the couple with, with the trucks, Sandra and whatever his name is. You actually get to know him. He's the one who jumps out. Remember at the campfire story, he jumps out in the mask with, with the spear and the booga booga booga. Yeah. You, we lose him at the bar. Right. So it's like, Which what? I thought was strange. It's like they put the effort into him and then he disappeared, you know. And then we still have Crazy Ralph. Well, for a hot second. I was saying not for long. Not for long, no. Crazy Ralph ends up getting wired. Right. He gets the bar, the uh, what? He gets the barbed wire necktie, which was awesome because again, you don't see anything. 
you just see like these burly ass hands come out from behind a tree and you're just like, whoop, that's the end of that fucking dude. Yeah, and that's another, I mean, that one kind of played along the lines of part one where you didn't see the killer for a while. Well, no, we don't, we don't really see him until the like last act of the movie which was good and i liked it you know part two was very similar to part one in certain respects you know there was like the pauses and the drama and the, the you the know fade to white yeah know? yeah fade the to white, white. that's good like when what, what was that mark in the wheelchair yes when he gets the meat cleaver to the face and thrown the down roll. the stairs yes yeah rolled down the stairs excuse me class. which is Awesome. And then was that, you know, zoom in, dissolve, fade to white. The the way that he gets the cleaver to the face, it just comes like all off from the side and it's just like pow. Yeah. And you were like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and dude, because, you know, I. I I don't want to sound like a dick, but, you know, he was like the all-American Ken doll type of guy, and you were on his team because he was in a wheelchair, and you were like, oh, this guy's freaking cool. He must be a nice guy. Oh, he just fucking catches it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And then, all right, where where else do we go with the kills in that one? Is he the first one to get it? There's a Ralph, I mean, besides... Besides Ralph. Besides Ralph. I think so. Dude, you know what's sad mm-hmm. is that I used to be able to name all the counselors from, like, the first four movies off the top of my head. Yeah, that was... Yeah, because I have a theory about... Well, all right, we'll get to that later. We thinking that Mark gets it first. All right, the, the chick goes skinny dipping. The chick with the dog, she goes skinny dipping. And then the other the other dude steals the clothes, and then he gets caught in, like, the, the snare, and he goes up in the tree. Right. And then you just see the machete and, like, throat cut, and that's the end of him. Right, she goes to try to cut him down. She comes back, he's dead. And then, I don't remember, what the hell happens to her? Do they even really show it, or is it just kind of like a, a face of shock, and they fade away from that one, too? All right. So she gets off. We'll come back to that later. We'll leave notes. Okay. <laughs> then I'm thinking we're in the we're in the cabin. Everybody's kind of hanging out, and Sandra and dude with the truck are getting their swerve on upstairs. And Jason shows up, and he basically harpoons them both through the bed, right. which is awesome. And I always kind of like that you don't really see it. You just see the shock of yeah. her face and then you see it come through the mattress at the bottom. I was like, oh, that's pretty classy. Right. Hit the floor. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Because that was something that, that Savini always did with his you know, with his gags. You know, if he was going to show a, a knife or if he was going to show a machete, he wanted you to believe it was real before it did the damage or after it did the damage. That way, in your head, you make that connection that it's not a special effect. Well, you that know? makes a whole lot of sense, which would probably explain why Savini Savini. Right. And then we got to put a pin in that one because she comes into play later on. Oh, Sandra. Yes. We're, we're moving yeah. along here. We're going to get to it. Yep. Okay, so after he kills those two, who's next? Maybe I'm wrong, dude. Okay, because Mark was going to hook up with Vicky. So does he kill Mark and then go kill Sandra and that other dude? And then Vicky's in, she's in her little bungalow thing, spraying perfume on her junk, which you know didn't turn out well, but you know, hey, we're not going to touch hey, that. Forever, you know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> E for effort. and uh, Well, I don't even know if it was E for effort because it did the job. 
I'm just saying, you know, that probably burned like hell. I'm sure they edited out the screaming. <laughs> so <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so then she, what does she do? She, he comes to get her. She kind of runs. What does he get her in the car? She goes out to the car to get a, a, a brush or something like that. Damn it. Yeah, I'm kind of upset with myself. Now, all of this is going on, dude, while Ginny... Jesus. What's his name, Tom? I think it is. Because Steve, Steve was basically the same guy in the third one, right? I mean, he looked like the same actor. <laughs> Steve is... Steve in the third one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Steve I mean, is the same, I mean, he's the same guy. <laughs> Essentially the Wait. same guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Steve, is the, Steve is in the third one, right. They're all still at the bar at this point and then there's like you know the whole thing she's getting old you know drunk emotional jason you know what if he's still out there blah 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 blah. setting up the story she did a good job that's when they leave skinny dorky dude and his pile of bottles at the bar and they head back to the camp we forgot about the scene about the fact that sandra and truck dude they go sneaking on to what used what used to be crystal lake and the sheriff catches them. yes because they find the dog because allegedly Jason kills the dog. Isn't that what we're supposed to believe? Yeah. See, I don't buy that. I don't buy that because nothing in the follow in the movies following this one are we led to believe that Jason has any interest in really killing anything except stupid people. Okay. Am I wrong here? Like. Right. I mean, he's not like Michael Myers who will, like, kill a dog to eat it or something. Yeah, we never get that impression, you know. I mean, I guess, you know, he's out there living off the land, I guess, but he didn't eat that fucking dog. It looked like he just killed it like a maniac. That's the only time that they really kind of make us think that Jason is this sadistic freak. But as far as we all know, dude, he's just taken revenge because of what happened to his mother. So what? what is he, pissed at the dog? Like, did I don't remember seeing a dog in part one. Like, was that, you know, did Alice kill Mrs. Voorhees? And then this crazy little dog shows up and it's like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, eats her body, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, angry little dog there, you know. He he doesn't roll up in a, you know, (laughs) know, stage left and take a piss on Betsy Palmer's dead body. I mean, that that doesn't happen. So, yeah, I I veto (laughs) the dead dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they're back yeah. at the camp. They find that everybody's dead. Now at this point, it's just now it's just Ginny and oh no, it's Paul. His name is Paul. Paul. Yeah. That's what it is. Paul. Yeah. That's it. So okay, now it's Ginny and Paul. And then what? Then what happens? Dude, I feel like I'm letting you down, honey. I feel like I'm letting myself down. I'm ashamed of myself right now. All right, well, dude, we also missed what when Jason kills the cop. Right. When he's that's that's actually isn't that the first time that we uh, we really see him is when he he's the cop is leaving and Jason runs across the road and he's got oh, the pillowcase right. on his head. Right. So sackhead Jason runs across the street. Fat cop who looks like uh, what's you know Norm from Cheers. Stops his, uh, you know, late seventies Le Mans in the middle of the sh- in the middle of the friggin' road, and his fat ass starts chasing Jason through the woods. All throughout the chase, all you see is feet and running and fat guy huffing, and then they they get to the crack shack. And after a little spying by Fat Cop, he catches it's hammer time. Essentially, he catches the hammer in the back of the noggin, and that's the end of him. Right. Which was also a beautiful scene because he really looks like he caught a hammer in the back of the dome. Yeah. He's just like. Rah, 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 rah. 
You know, and I love how he goes into the bathroom and he's like inspecting the toilet. It's like, what did you hope? Like, you know what I mean? Like that's the, you open the door, you see that, dude. You didn't want to walk in there and inspect the toilet. I thought that was a strange shot. You wouldn't you have opened it and like from a distance been like, oh god damn. He goes all up in there to get the bird's eye Goodyear blimp view of the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> they should have left a deuce in there, man. That would have been the best fucking shit ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if it, you know, if it wasn't a deuce, it should have at least been like the shit stain, like go <laughs> going down. <laughs> that would have been priceless. <laughs> An empty roll of toilet paper. That would be great. Uh... <laughs> All right. So uh... cops dead, and now yeah. Dude, how do we even get to? Ginny and Paul. They're back at the camp. They're looking for everybody. Everybody's dead. Jason rolls up. No, they go looking for Jason. They're out in the woods because they end up at the house, don't they? I, think so. I was going to say, well, let, let, let's jump ahead to, okay, so now we got... In the shack. So they're in the shack. Jason's chasing Ginny. She barricades herself in the... All right, when's the part when Jason's attacking her and Paul comes running out of nowhere and he's like, Ginny! And it's just like... <laughs> It's just terrible. Jenny! It's terrible. It's awful, you know, so... Yeah, Jason comes in. Ginny's in the room, she, you know, in the shrine to Mama's head. She's all panic-stricken. Yeah, I mean, wh- where did she come up with this idea? About what, impersonating I mean, Mrs. Voorhees? Yeah. I I don't know. Now, is she like a psychology major or something? Oh, she is a psychology major, okay. I think, dude. I think she might have been. And and that I think that is a callback to when they were in the bar and she's trying to empathize with him. Right. She's like, what is he, some scared retard or something? That's right. right. So I think that, yeah, and maybe I can relate to him, you know. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I said retard, dude. The PC police are going to be here any second. Well, she said it. (laughs) I mean, isn't that exactly what they say in the movie? Yeah, that's exactly what she says in the movie. Yeah, some scared retard or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, let's not look at this through the lens of, you know, 30-year-old, 40-year-old, you know, snobbiness. You know, so it is what it is. We were quoting. Get over it. Yeah, and even if you don't, uh, feel free to fuck yourself. Okay, and we're off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she, you know, yeah, we've got that. So she pretends to be mama. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Jason, putting that sweater on, bro? Oh. Dude, that's got, oh. Yeah. <gasps> <No>. <laughs> and yeah. now think about it. That's five years of, sitting yeah. in in a pile of corpses and a <laughs> the original model for the shrunken head in fucking Beetlejuice and <laughs> yeah uh, yeah oh man dude that thing must have been smelling ripe dude so now he does his little dog head turn huh? yeah like the, like the dog <laughs> farted and he was confused oh, really? yeah yeah he kind of leans over to the side and sees real mama's head. 
Right, he sees the head when I because Ginny shifts. She looks like she shifts so that she can deliver right. the business. He picks up the pickaxe and then there's the block, and that's when Paul runs in. Ginny, rams him. Right, Ginny <laughs> behind. Right, and so Ginny, right, and Ginny takes him with Cold the machete, cuts him in the neck. Jason does the eye roll. He looks like he dies, and then you know they start limping away because what is it? She, you're right. She catches the pickaxe in the leg. They leave. Now, again, typical horror movie stupidity. Okay, you hit him once with the machete. Yeah. He passes out. Dude, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I'm just I would saying. Double tap. Just taking his head yeah, right off. Job. Ending this right now. Exactly. Self-defense. It's done. Okay, so then they limp off to the back to the cabin, and they're doing some bandages or whatever. Don't we hear, don't we hear like, a noise? Don't we hear a noise and go check? The dog shows up who never died to begin. And then out of nowhere... You got crazy ass, redneck, bearded, freaky hillbilly who comes out. We get fade to white at that point. Right. And then we wake up. Well, they wake up. And Ginny's on a stretcher. She's getting taken out to the ambulance. She's looking for Paul. Right. And they really won't answer her. Right? No, no. They actually, at one point, they I think they say he's all right or he's fine. Okay. Now, we don't know anything about this. That's always kind of up for debate. And then now we're part into okay. part three. So, yeah. We go back into the end of part two or part three, right? In the beginning of part three, they kind of give us the replay where you see Jason, his hand moving in the crack right. shack. He picks up the machete. You kind of see the shrine. And I know allegedly, I don't know if it's in three or in two, you're supposed to be able to see Alice's body in the pile. Shit, I can't remember which one it is. I don't remember if it's in two or if it's actually in three. Because doesn't two end with just the close-up of the head? Yes, it does. It's almost like the Golden Idol from Raiders of the Lost Ark, except it's a head. Right, right. All of a sudden, Harrison Ford shows up, switches it with a bag full of sand, stares at the camera, and is like, what up, kid? And then just leaves. We see Jason pick up the machine. And kind of limp away. I don't even remember. Do they relive the whole thing? Yeah, you see him, like, kind of crawl off. So now, here's the question. Well, you know what? We'll get into this in a little bit, because there will be two questions in the same thing. Okay, so he goes off, Okay. Part three now. We're talking part now, three now. Now we're into part right. three, which is directly right after part two. Right after. Like the same right. fucking Both day. Both movies right. directed by the same person, Steve Miner, okay, who went on and did House... I think he might have done both House movies, House 1 and 2, but he definitely did House 1. He did Lake Placid, did Halloween H2O. He, he, he's a good director. I know he did a couple of episodes of Dawson's Creek, you know, but... Yeah, that's an edit. That's an edit right there. We're gonna edit. We're gonna edit that out. That was the H two O connection. <laughs> oh, okay. Because okay. H, the treatment for H two O was let that by Kevin slide. Williamson, and it had Michelle what's her head in it. But anyway, but the reason why I mentioned that they are both directed by Steve Miner is because of the drastic difference in Jason's appearance between two and three. Now. Obviously, Jason didn't jump through the window at the end of two, for reals, since he was laying on the ground where he got brained. Okay, but how would that explain what happened to Ginny and what happened to Paul? 
So my theory is that they're kind of giving you a little inside look about how Jason got okay. to Ginny and Paul. He wasn't really dead. He fucking wakes up from his, you know, his beat, Bro, his ass beaten. He grabs the machete and he really does jump through the window and fuck up Ginny and, and Paul. But now here's the weird thing. We never know right. what happens to Paul. All right, well, actually, you know what? We'll go we'll go forward a little bit. Okay? So we get into part 3 and now we're at the okay. store we're at yeah. the store, right? We're right. at the market. With the guy that's eating donuts and all that and that one. Right, and he's drinking like Sunny D yeah, right out of the container eating, and he's got the right, rabbit in the eggs or in whatever the carrots or whatever. Right. Yeah. He's just a hot fucking mess, that dude. <laughs> what a disaster. And his wife, what a what a charming, soft-spoken woman. And <laughs> so that's going down, and then she peeps Jason out in the right. yard. So that explains where he gets the change of clothes. He's stealing clothes off the line. It doesn't explain where he gets the haircut <laughs> and the shade. Right. That is the question. So, okay, so now they're watching it on the news. You know, th now this is where my nerdiness is going to come in because I don't remember the number, but I know that I went and tried to figure this out at one point. They give a number of the body count. The number of the body count coincides exactly with the amount of people that we see die. So what happens to Paul is still kind of a mystery. But if the authorities show up and they find Ginny, she's KO'd. We don't know what happened to Paul and Jason is in the wind. Should we assume that Paul effectively fought off Jason and whether or not he died in the process? That is up for yeah. debate. Okay. Right? That was, okay, that's, that's a little nerdy yeah, on that's my part. The research I'll, right there, though. I like that. You know, because they're, they're telling her, they tell Ginny that, oh, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. But what else are you going to tell somebody who is probably in shock? You're not going to be like, whoop, that motherfucker's yeah. dead as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what you do. Like, yeah, he's good, he's good. Yeah, everything's yeah, well, going to well, be fine. Cross this bridge when we come. But they up. never really right. clear that up. We're Okay, we're in three. Now, I'm going to say this before we get any further into this. I'm going to say that three is the quintessential, iconic okay. Friday. I won't disagree with you. I will also say that the late, great yeah. Richard Brooker, he is definitely, he's my favorite and Jason. And dude, the guy was freaking brilliant. He, well, dude, wasn't he like an acrobat and like a circus performer? Dude, he and was like, like huge. Like that, yeah, man he was a large ripped. man. And then, wait, what was he on? What was the show that he was on, dude? I never even put those two together until later on. Trapper John M.D.? Isn't that what the show that he was on? Because you obviously, you saw the part three documentary like I did, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and it made me like him even more. I was like, yeah, I was like, that yep. guy is awesome. Dude, did you see the photo of him? I think he was sitting down in Jason Garb reading a paper, smoking a pipe. Yes, yeah, I oh, saw dude. the pipe photo. That, that was, was hysterical. So awesome. <laughs> of course it was, because... <laughs> uh, you... <laughs> Gee, dude, I'm, I'm sure that if I could go back in time and make a mental picture, I would probably have one of you sitting there reading Hit Parader, <laughs> smoking a pipe. <laughs> But, you know what I mean? Like I, I can see that I can I can see how that might have been a real thing, even if it wasn't. It's a feasible Bro. conclusion, <laughs> dude. I remember walking through Manhattan, going to meet you at the club, and you know them going through my pockets and checking out my pipe tobacco. Oh, I, that's I mean, right. Going, I no, dude, I promise, it's just pipe tobacco. <laughs> 
Yeah, because you know, you, you, you're 23 smoking a pipe. Nothing weird about that. <laughs> so yeah, Richard Brooker, my iconic Jason. He, Dude, to me, he is Jason. I will ad- admittingly will say that there are a few Jasons in the future that I also thought were yeah. excellent. But if somebody ever asked me who was Jason Voorhees, Richard Brooker is Jason Voorhees. We'll get into, you know, when he shows up in full in a little bit. All right, so we're in part three. He kills everybody at the store. And we're getting, you know, we're starting to get a little bit of the 3D, which... Okay, you're you're looking at 1983, okay? It's, It's 3D everything it's that's also the same year that jaws 3d came out wasn't it yes it was it was so okay now you had the early you had 3d okay you had friday the 13th and 3d jaws 3 and 3d you had movies like treasure of the four crowns um shit wow there was more uh wow metal storm the destruction of jared sin you know (laughs) <laughs> yes, and I saw all of these in the theater. <laughs> Good hell, grief. I'm going to throw one out, and I'll just make myself just as dorky, and then we'll get back to Jason. This might have been even... No, maybe it was. It, might... it could have been 1983, or at least right around there, dude. They ran The Creature from the Black Lagoon TV. on yes. TV in 3D, and the only place you could get the 3D glasses was at 7 yep. fucking 11. Yep. Yep, right? I remember that. Oh my god, dude, they hyped it for yep. weeks. And it was and terrible. I remember also <laughs> at that time, Sunrise Cinema and Valley Stream had a yeah, put that had a re uh, issue or whatever you a revival of freaking Vincent Price House of Wax in three D around Did the same you go? time. Hell yes, I went. Yep. I remember my dad, he didn't even take me and my, he drove us. No, he didn't. My grandparents lived in Rosedale. And we, me and my brothers walked to Sunrise Cinema to go see it. Dude, what did everybody, <laughs> did everybody have a grandparent that lived in Rosedale? I think so, dude. I think so. <laughs> dude, Rosedale was mad hood, bro. Right on Francis Lewis Boulevard. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yep. Hook Creek over there, dude. Oof. I'd hate to think if all the bodies in that place freaking stood up at one time. So the 3D effects, yes, it was 3D, you know? So, yes, there were a lot of, you know, what, snakes jumping at you? Yeah, the snake jumps at you first. No, no, no. Actually, you get the weird, oh, he's messing around with the clothesline. Right. And, like, a pole comes at you in 3D, which was, I mean, I get what they were going for, but that was just an unnecessary thing. You didn't need to do that. It was stupid. The snake I get... That's like a, you know, like a jump scare. I guess maybe the pole they put in there to kind of prepare you. But then, no, because at the same time, the inch, the the whole intro to part three is in 3D with the Jason, Jason disco music. <laughs> Which I secretly love. I'm not even oh, I do. I love it. Love it. It's, it's cringeworthy goodness. Yes. Kind of on par with I Was Made for Loving You. Wow. I, I, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, you could be a kid's fan and love that song because it's cringeworthy disco it's, goodness. Oh, my God. It's so hard. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's just a beautiful mess. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how the Friday Part 3 theme song is. It's wonderful. 
I had that from my ringtone as a while, and I think it might have to. I might have to revisit that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so okay, so yeah, we get the the broomstick, we get the snake. I think the next 3D thing that we get is the weirdo in the road, who's the equivalent of Crazy Ralph. Oh yeah, the other harbinger with the eyeball. I found this not three yards from here, or whatever it is that he's saying. And, and I get why they did it, but it was another one. It didn't make sense. It was like an unnecessary 3D. And at this point, we've kind of already been introduced to the majority of the character because they're all in the van. Yeah. We get introduced to Chris Higgins, who I'm going to say is the greatest of all the Friday girls. And we'll get into that a little later. I'm not disagreeing with that one either. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, the cast of, of part three, they all kind of had personalities. Yeah. Part two, they were definitely more likable than the people in part one. One, yeah. But part three, you kind of got to know them, dude. Like, Shelly is a disaster. <laughs> yeah. But he's like every he's like the character that everybody remembers is friggin' Shelly. And obviously with good reason. He right. Did, he had a lot of good stuff. He had a lot of good stuff. He gave, he is the reason for the mask. He is the re- he is the reason for the mask, dude. He had a 3D scene when he's in the in the store. He throws Vera the quintessential 80s Velcro wallet. We get that in 3D, and then uh, the two stoners. Right. You get Tommy Chong and his girlfriend. Right. <laughs> Tommy Chong and Chicha. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we have Vera. They pick her up from the from the house. Her mom's screaming at her because she's like Shelly's blind date, and he's just oh, he's a mess. Yeah, he's a mess. But you know what, dude? The mess that he is, you can relate to that character. You know, not a hundred percent with all the props, but you always knew a guy who was back in the day who was a nice guy. Yeah. But he was just socially awkward, so he would just do dumb shit. Yeah. So you you felt for Shelly, you know what I mean? Like he was kind of cool. Like yeah, no, he he yeah. Why are you with this guy? Yeah, he's he's all right. And when you get to know him, he's got a good heart. Right, right. <laughs> he's very funny. <laughs> he's got a good sense of humor. Yep. Right, so and then there's the couple. Oh man, I can't think of their names. There's the chick, yo-yo guy, pregnant, and yeah, yo-yo guy and, 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 and pregnant girl. chick. Yeah, right. You know, and they're okay. Yeah. So now, all right, so now that's the whole crew, and they get to Higgins Haven. Yes. Which we are led to believe is also on the lake. Right. Crystal Lake adjacent. Right. Now, once again, Chris is there to work through some stuff. Right, and now this is where there's a big continuity error, and anybody who's even a, a basic fan of the Fridays has noticed. She tells the story about how she's attacked in the woods, however, and I don't remember the time frame off the time of my head. Was she, her parents, what was it? Was there a parents fighting or something, or, or giving her a hard time? Yeah, they were fighting amongst themselves, you know, teenage angst. Right, so she runs off to go teach them a lesson. And I'm going to stay out here and they'll be worried about me, blah, blah, blah. And she falls asleep out in the woods. Wakes like up. Like a and, meathead. Right. Like we all do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm going to just go sleep in the woods. I'm going to go fall asleep out in the woods. And she wakes up and evidently Jason, who is known for just going through and running people through with arrows and machetes and going and for sharp the objects. Quick 
kill is pawing at her for some reason. I have a slight issue with this. I, I'd like to hear it because I also have an issue with this. When did Jason become a creeper? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I mean, he, it, he more or less would have just taken her and stabbed her through the head rather than, you know, attack her and, you know, allowed her to scrape, a, you know, crawl away from him and run away. I mean, he, yeah, he's not a, you know, sexual predator, which is kind of what I got from that. That's kind of how they tried to spin it. But yeah, I don't get that from him. Like, is he even, I mean, you know. Capable of this. Right. I mean, I guess he is. In his mind, you know. He's a guy, and it's a primal How developed is his brain? So, okay, possibility. But we've never seen it before, and we haven't seen it since. But anyhow. Common sense would make you... this just doesn't seem feasible. And he sees a bitch sleeping in the woods. Dude, you, you're just catching a rock to the head and done deal. You know what right. I mean? Like, he doesn't seem like the long drawn out punishment kind of person. He is the, you know, the faster I kill this one, the, ne- the faster I can move on to the next one. Right. However, this is her side of the story. You know, there are three sides. So There's her- some freak grabbing at her. She's right. just... Her, I guess, yeah, I guess as a, perspective as a woman, happened. your natural assumption is that this dude is trying to rape me. I get, all right, I get it. Right. That, I, so, I'm with it. But that is not the continuity error. Continuity error is... Is that Jason is in the same clothes that he's already changed into, and he's got a bald head. Right. So that doesn't make any sense. And But they've already kind of noted that that was a just an error on the right. on the and director's part. Back when these movies when these movies came out, they weren't planning on, you know, having DVD or, you know, even VHS really, where you would sit there and watch it ninety times in a week. So Or it turning into the cult phenomenon right. that it did. There's that. Jesus Christ, dude, I gotta tell you, man, can you imagine even I can't remember the the name of the girl who plays Chris, oh. but dude, I'll give her credit. Can you even imagine being her and having to play, like having to do that scene with Brooker as Jason, just assaulting you in the woods as you've come out of a nap? Yeah. Don't I can't even fucking imagine that, dude. Like first, if I woke up and that's what I what was in my face, first thing I would do would be to shit my pants. <laughs> right. And then. Steel toes the best I got, but it's just like I can't even I can't even imagine that dude. And I'm you know I'm no actor, so I couldn't even imagine having to channel that and play that scene. That's just crazy. To me. Dana Kimmel is her name. Dana Kimmel, that's right. She didn't really do all that much that one. I, yeah, I not really. I know. I think she did like maybe some soap operas or some TV kind of stuff. I know she's definitely done some things. I've IMD beat her at one point in time, but nothing that you would expect from the number one final girl in the Friday series. <laughs> right. That's the continuity era. There we get we get a you know a little bit more 3D. We get the stupid yo-yo thing. Right. Well, yeah. But at this point, we've already been introduced to the bikers. Oh, that's right. It's Fox, Fox, Turk. Uh, yeah, it was Fox, Turk, and Turbo Kelly and Ozone. No, uh, 
Special K. <laughs> it was the TKO crew. What? Special K. Any good dancer has a street name. Fox, Turk, and... Loco. Yeah. Okay. That's right. We're right. We're introduced to them. And I got to say, they got some good scenes, dude, with the, the Volkswagen and Shelly at the, uh, the mini oh, yeah. over there. That's good stuff. Yeah. When he just smiles at him, dude, that's like one of the best things. He's like, you motherfucker, he's swinging the chain. That's <laughs> yeah. freaking great. I mean, and they, they get theirs. Well, yeah, the they bar. definitely get theirs because they roll up on them and then they're siphoning the gas out of the van. Fox decides to go in the barn and push over bales of hay, play drums, and she she plays drums and pushes pushes over a hay bale and swings on a rope. Right, she said, woohoo, yeah, that's totally fun. This is she, fun! Yeah, totally <laughs> stupid. You know what, dude, those guys were just added in there for extra bodies. The only thing that they impact in the entire movie is when Chris runs out of gas. Right. Later <laughs> on in the movie. Well, he also gave her a, a, a break. Because, uh, what's his name there? Turk wasn't dead, which we believed he was. Right, he, he comes running out, he's like, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So we get, we got to talk about how Jason gets his mask, though. And we got to talk about, what's her head? One of the coolest kills in the whole movie. Vera? Yeah. So Shelly's acting like an asshole because he, you know, managed to pack a wetsuit <laughs> with his uh, harpoon gun. <laughs> and the hockey mask. Dude, that was like brought in on a whim. Hmm. It was something that the guy had, the props guy had laying around. Can you imagine? He was like, you're a hockey fan. You got a, a hockey mask laying around. I mean, it's 1983. So, you know what I mean? Like, right, the uni- hockey uniforms were not what they are now, which are like basically fucking bulletproof. Right. And you just throw this thing out there and it becomes the icon that it is like on a on a fluke because you didn't know what else to do. Like, good job, dude. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you know what? Vera's very tolerant of Shelly. He's like, I just want you to like me. I do like you. Right. And then she's fucking around. What is it? She His wallet's in the water. Yeah, she drops it, picks it up, looks over and sees... And she thinks she's talking to Shelly. Shelly. Dude. And he just raises his arm. Yeah, but dude, we're not with even... The... Dude, with wait. He comes walking out. And dude, I'm telling you, after we talk about this, I want you to go and I want you to look at it. Dude, the swagger okay. that he <laughs> comes walking out with, you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, because it was definitely the intro. This is it. You, th- this the is iconic where... Jason comes walking out of this on the screen, dude, and he has, he's <laughs> he walks out and owns it, and he knows it. He's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> and Vera's just like, "Hey, who are you?" And that dude with, like you were saying, the arm and the harpoon gun, and it's just <laughs> whack right in the eye. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, dude, that is epic, bro! I told you, I have what I have the special edition of this on DVD that came with the 3D glasses. Uh, yep. It's not really much better than it was, but it's uh, we'll say nostalgia goggles. 
Yeah, definitely fun. Definitely, it's fun. not good, but it's it's still it's like oh, this is freaking great. But yeah, she catches it, she's dead. But dude, I'll tell you, my favorite Jason kill in the entire movie is when uh, Yo Yo Boy. Oh, dude, is okay, walking yeah. on his hands uh, on his hand, right? And kind of bumps oh, into Oh my man. god! And he looks up, and the yo, the brutality. Yeah, he just splits him right down the oh middle. Oh my god, dude! His body just—he just destroys him. You know, we'll bring it up later on, but there is a kill in a far-off Friday movie that I swear is channeling this kill. But I think up until this point, I think this is probably my favorite Jason kill because it's just like, oh my god. Yeah. So then the one right after that is uh we got Towel Girl. Oh right, she's getting dripped on. That's the She's right, she's reading uh I think she's reading a Fangoria, I think. I think you might be right. And where is this coming from? Yeah, it's like and she Yep. <laughs> and here he is laying legs split, dripping on her and oh, she gets that's it. right. She's like oh. right through the yep. She gets the machete through uh, through her back, through that's her chest. Right through the hammock. That's right. Through the hammock. Yep. Oh, that's good stuff, man. You know. Then okay, so then who does he get next? He gets the what does he get? The hippies next? Gets the hippies next. I mean, he he electrocutes one, right? Throws him into the uh, circuit breakers or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It throws him in the circuit. Yeah, because the lights go off and he goes down to check it. Yeah, throws him in. The, I don't remember how he kills the chick for some reason. Guys, Jerry's back. <laughs> I feel like she like. Oh, I can't. Why can't I think of how he gets her? Like a quick whack or something like that. Yeah, it's some. Yeah, it's something yeah. that's kind of short and sweet. I think. Then we're left with Chris and Paul. No, it's Rick. Oh, Paul is part two. Oh, Paul this was part Rick. two. We got Rick. <laughs> right. So okay, so that's Rick. right. Now, where does Rick go? Rick. Yeah, Rick's a bit of a twat early on in the movie. He's like he's like sulking. He's like you know basically like why aren't we hooking up? He's like what? a plus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you love me, you'd put out. You know, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so cheesy. For a girl who believes that she was, you know, assaulted Molested by Jason. Molested by a hillbilly. Yeah. Yeah, so let's, yeah. Sensitive. Let's press the issue, creep. So so he gets his melon crushed. Literally. <laughs> and his eyeballs go popping out. Beautiful yeah, 3D. Oh, yeah, he catches it, dude. Now, okay, so now we're getting into where Jason is. Jason's after Chris. And this is what makes Chris. Now this is running pissed off Jason. Right. Yeah, he's ang- he is angry, fully able Jason. This is Jason that jumps off of like hell off Jason. Yeah, basically Jason gives no fucks. No. I mean, he jumps off of shit, he runs after people. Yeah. This is J dude, Jason in his prime. Yeah. This is pumping iron era Arnold Schwarzenegger Jason. Yeah. He is after Chris. Dude, she is the only one out of all the girls. You know, she's screaming and she's panicked, but she is on the offensive. Yeah. Like, if she had a few more minutes prep time, she'd be like Nancy Thompson taking on Freddy. Like, she's thinking things out. She's hiding in the closet from him. He's trying to do... Okay, she's hiding in the closet with him with her dead friend. 
she pulls the knife out of the dead friend and when he busts open the door she fucking stabs him she's on it dude and then and this is my favorite scene maybe ever in a friday i don't remember how she gets outside if she climbs out that maybe she climbs out the window jason's grabbing her and she she ends up outside she's on the ground and she's peeping at him through she's looking through the window she sees him coming and dude if you watch this you see this look come over her face and it's just like fuck this dude there is malicious intent i'm gonna handle this right now and it is to me that look since day one i was like uh oh dude she rolls up on the side of the door with a basically a log, a log. From the firewood yep. pile and is sitting there waiting for him like i got this motherfucker and smashes him in the friggin face if that is not an offensive move i don't know what is Yep. And then it kind of kind of goes a little south for her, and she's running off to the van. Right, and takes off in the van. Van gets stuck on the bridge. He comes through. Dude, he's limping down the road like a friggin' maniac. Reaches his hands in. She's what? She's rolling up the window. Finally, figures out she's got a reserve fuel. Puts it on. Starts rolling. She's stuck in the bridge. Takes off. Now we're in the barn. He's stuck. He bashes his face through the window, head through the window with the hockey mask to get out. Yep. Chases her back to the barn, limping. All right, so now she's in the barn. The barn's locked up. She's hiding up in the, in the rafters. Everything about him in this scene is on a mission, stalker, serial killer. Because she, I mean, she puts some effort into locking that barn, dude. Big old log, the big old wheel thing she's smacking it yeah. down with. <laughs> yeah. Like, there might as well be a moat outside. Yeah, but he's like, bullshit. Yeah, because what does he do? He puts the machete through the door. Puts the machete through the door, gets his hand in there, and, and freaking smacks that fucking bar right up. Dude, he comes in. Oh, my God. Everything about his mannerisms, dude, it's just like, this is the Jason that frightened me as a kid. You know, Jason part two was, you know, he was a little creepy dude, but this Jason was, uh-uh. So, dude, he's looking around the barn. He's starting to get a little manic. He's throwing things around. She's up in the rafters. And what does she do? Dude, she waits for him to get underneath her and pull some junkyard dog shit and friggin' drops down on him with her feet knocks his ass out and then i don't really wait what what happens then i don't know she starts running she's trying to get away from him and then what's his face biker dude rolls up and he's like yeah motherfucker. He's... but then he gets his ass handed to him and like jason is like brutally just beating him down on the ground with the machete so that's the end of him now at this point chris is up in the she's up in the loft and fox is up there dead with the pitchfork is that when she hangs his ass? Yeah, she he gets up there, and I don't remember exactly how it goes down. There's something with the winch. Yeah, with uh. the winch and the rope, and she gets him around the neck, and he goes out the window. He goes out the, you know, the bay doors over there. Right. She opens up, and he's there, and he pops up. The man is in a noose. He and she's like, himself what? up. Yep. She's like, you can't be alive. You can't be alive. He pulls his ass up. Then lifts his mask and he's like, hey, Smiles how you doing? Smiles at her. Hey, he's sexy. Like, you remember me? And then just gets himself out of the noose. What kind of epic maniac does that? Yeah. Again, why this is my favorite Jason. 
Yep. Unfriggin' believable. You know, we shoot forward. He catches it, and he catches it in the face with the axe. Right. Boom. Hands out. Frankenstein freaking coming after her. And then drops down. Yep. She walks out. She goes into the boat, a la part one. Is sitting there. Looks up at the house. His ass is there again in the window. This is where part three Jason becomes the most frightening thing I have ever seen in my fucking life. Right. He's bloody as hell. Staring at in her. In the window. In the window. Yep. As and she's then like, no, no, right. no. No, no. He barrels through the door like a freaking... Oh, my God. Blows the yep. door off the hinges and is running full throttle at you. Dude, that is the most frightening Jason moment to me in the entire fucking franchise. Yep. I watch it to this day looking at it like, oh, hell no. Then she pops up. He's gone. Door is fixed. Nothing going on. Everything seems cool. And then for some reason... <laughs> What is that? Mama Voorhees pops out of the water? Pops out of the water. Yeah, which is a biz- that's a bizarre thing to me. I never really right. got that. Looking all like she's got melted cheese all over her. And- right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's gooey. <laughs> she's really. She gooey. got dipped. She was in the dip from Roger Rabbit. She's just. Yeah. Or, you know, she spent a little bit of time at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. I mean, she's like fondue dripping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fondue <laughs> and freaking then Chris pops up again and completely whacked out of a bird. Yeah, cuckoo for cocoa puffs fucking at that point. Cuckoo for cocoa puffs. She's like, yeah, there's not a whacked out final girl like that since freaking Sally at the end of Texas Chainsaw. But she is out of her head. Yeah, she's gone. She's she's uh. She's two sheets to the wind. That's that's the yeah. end of her. She's gonna be in a you know a, a rubber room for the rest of her life. Now we're in the final chapter, which okay. literally is another one that picks up right 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 after, after three. Which see, I liked. I really liked the continuity in the early ones, man. Yeah, but that was also because they were churning them out. Because dude, we were eating them up like fucking jujubes, man. And you you started off with the same info dump. That you had in the second one. Because they start off the at the end one. of part three with the ambulance. Oh my God. Right. The, ambu- <laughs> ambuli- the ambulances. Ambuli. Yeah. The uh, the ambuli. <laughs> <laughs> but then we got, yeah, we have the, the info dump from what's his head? Paul. Oh, he does it in the beginning of that one too, right? Right. But they intercut with the scenes from. The previous three movies. Right, 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 right. Right. Now, this one, they really were intending for it to be the final one. Paramount was done with Jason at this point. So, okay, we got... This one was directed by uh, Joseph uh, Zito, who worked on The Prowler with Savini. Freaking... If you haven't seen that, see The Prowler. Anyhow. um, And then he did, like... I think he did Red Scorpion... And like missing in action, or uh, like some of those movies too. <laughs> Red Scorpion. Few of the canon film. <laughs> but yeah, so you pick up right there. They take him away in the ambulance. You have uh, Axel the Creeper in the hospital. The girl's oh, no how better. How creepy is that? With the, she the wants to do him video. in a morgue. Oh. Yeah, the watching. I mean, he's getting off to aerobics videos. I know he's like, hey, girls. Oh. 
Good uh, God. Creeper. But all that stuff in the beginning is bullshit, dude, because Jason essentially wakes up, you know, in the in the drawer. What the hell is that? What do they call that thing? The drawer? Yeah, in the drawer. You see his breath. And he just he wakes lets up himself and... out of the drawer. He's like, yeah, I'm going to come out. Freaking take a hacksaw, take off Axel's head. Freaking go over to creepy nurse girl. Oh, yeah, catch her in, like, the supply closet, which I don't catch know. For the... some reason, the thing about that scene is, uh, is very Halloween-esque. Yeah. Well, the entire second movie took place in a hospital. So. Oh, yeah, that might have something yeah. to do with it. So, yeah, got them. And then, boom, he's gone. He's gone. And then we're at, then we're at the... Jarvis house. We are at the Jarvis house. Now, before we go any further into this, where does this movie factor in with you in your Friday awesomeless timeline? This is the best script. I think the story works. I think the characters really work. There's clearly different... I think the the characters really work well. Like I said, part three has got my favorite Jason. Part Six is probably my favorite movie all around. As as it, it is mine, as it is cause mine, it, and because it's don't, fun. Don't even go there. That's it. Because that's <laughs> part four. I think is the best written one out of all. Because um, I like. I'm the, gonna kind of go with you on that. The Jarvis, the family dynamic. I like that. I like the whole the kids renting the house next door. Which, once again, doesn't take place in the camp. It's just Lake Adjacent. Yep, Lake Adjacent. It was like, the, the characters in 4, it was like, they were the most developed. Like, the whole Teddy and the computer with, with Crispin Glover. Yeah, like, the fact that he was analyzing him and his relationship and goes, well, let me run it through the computer. And just starts tapping away on something. And Crispin Grover is actually looking over and leaning in, waiting to see what the outcome was. <laughs> like, and Teddy like drops his head and was like, "I can't believe what I'm seeing here." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I forgot Crispin Grover's name, but he was like, what? What? Like, what did your fake computer actually say?" And he's like, "You're dead, Bob." <laughs> What does the what? Commodore that... 61 have to say? <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, insulted that this fake computer called him a dead fuck. I mean, it's brilliant. I'm like, wow, okay, he's really buying this. And then finally, he has to get snapped out of it. Like, <laughs> there is no computer. Like, duh. <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. That's friggin' yeah. terrible. Oh, it is. It's You're a oh. dead fuck. Okay, now wait a minute. Now, this is also the one, dude, where they go by that the the bitch who's fucking hitchhiking. Yes, the banana hippie girl. Yeah. Yeah, she's it's like peace and love, and then they they pass her, and she's like <laughs> fuck you, and then Jason like rolls up again, still unseen, and like what does he do? Like stab her in the back of the neck, and she, <laughs> she just she, like, squeezes the shit out of the banana. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, that's wonderful. But yeah, I mean, so then, well, I mean, you got you got Tommy and his sister, played by Corey Feldman, when he was still a good actor. Yeah, the uh, the the mouth era. Right, pre mouth. It was post Gremlins, pre mouth era. Corey Feldman. Yeah, we're not going to so, talk about how that went south. 
Corey Feldman and the Angels. He and his sister break down on the road because the solenoid was broke in their car. And then you got Hunter MacGyver shows up (laughs) who decides to touch his knife to the engine and start it. Right. I think think his name is Rob. And Rob is Sandra Part 2, her Shish Kebab Girl. Right, right. Shish Kebab Girl. Exactly. He is her brother. Which I think is a nod to who Pedalecki is supposed to be in the reboot. I think he's him. That's oh, my theory. Sam Winchester. Yeah. Oh, yeah, clearly. He's out yeah. here looking for his sister. That's clearly a nod to that. As we have always said, the reboot is one, two, and three with nods of four and six. Actually, well, seven, two, if you count a sleeping bag. But, yeah. Well, you know, that's what a reboot is, but we we ain't going into that just yet. We got a little more to nope. We got a little further to go. They all get in the car, they give them a ride, and then we go back to the house, and we're up in the room, and there's the... Uh, right. All the masks and all that. Which I will always say, dude, that was par for the course at the time. All the masks, and it was like... Because that was like a big thing, dude. Like, you remember Halloween stores back in... When we oh, were kids? yeah. Dude, yeah, you yeah, would yeah, walk yeah. in there and there'd be masks that were easily on par with Hollywood shit. I mean, you're going to pay out the fucking ass for them, and obviously none of us had them. Yeah. But they were there on the wall for you to buy, dude. Like these in yeah. detailed masks. But so we. The whole thing was. It seemed very normal. Except for the fact that Tommy made all these. Right. Then we got the other house where there's just a bunch of people going around. We got. First one to die was what's her head who went out to the lake, right? The first one to die in that house. Because the guy was with the twins. The guy was hooking up with the one twin. Right, who showed up oh, um, what's her face? Hilly from Weird yeah. Science. Oh yeah. She is dude, she's Hilly wow. from right. Weird Science and she's in American Ninja. Oh, okay. So she ends up Right, she goes skinny dipping because her man is dancing with one of the twins that they meet on the trail earlier in the day while they're hiking, and then like, don't they? And skinny dipping. They do, yeah. They go skinny dipping down there, and then yeah, Corey Feldman and the sister they show up. Blah 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 blah. Right. Later on, she's pissed at him. She goes skinny dipping, and she swims out to the yellow inflatable boat, and then that's the end of that. Jumps out, gets through her. Right, doesn't he? He, goes, he gets her from underneath, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then she's just like, Aah. yeah, that's a good one. Then he goes out to try to find her, sees her body, swims back to the shore, and ends up getting it in the junk, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He catches it in the junk. All right, so yeah, that's the end of him. All right, so now we're back to the house, and then there's... All right, we might be getting a little out of order. Okay, so then what? there's one chick, and then there's the pretty boy, the one who's wearing the really short shorts, and they, like, hook up, and then they're, like, in the shower. Oh. And then she leaves, or whatever it is that's freaking happening, and then he's still in the shower, and then Jason deadass rolls up in there, and... Mush. Mush. (laughs) Mushes... His face, like, basically through the tiles, which is just awesome. Okay, so he's he's out of the way. Then how does he, okay, how does he dispatch her? 
Is she the one that gets thrown through the window? I thought Trish gets thrown through the window. Oh, oh no, Trish gets... jumps out the window. Right. Yes. She's the one who she gets, gets thrown, thrown out through the window and, blows and lands out the... on the car. Right, and it blows out the windows. So that's awesome. Crispin Glover is hooking up with one of the twins, and he's like, Am I was, was I a dead fuck? Right. You were amazing. Right. Well, because the other twin, well, the other twin went out, got pissed, and ended up with the shadow kill. Which is, I think, really cool. Think of, I always think of the scene in the Errol Flynn Robin Hood when him and Basil Rathbone are sword fighting and you don't see them. You just see the shadow of them in the candlelight against the stone wall. And I always, that's always what I think of. And it's amazing. Yeah. And then you, yeah. what does she get? She gets the pitchfork, right? She gets the pitchfork. And yeah, she gets nailed to the wall. And then Crispin Glover. Glover. <laughs> after he does yeah. that wonderful, wonderful dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here's a useless piece of knowledge, dude. From what I understand, you know what's... He is actually dancing in that scene to ACDC. Really? Yeah, I can't remember what song it was. But he's dancing to ACDC, but they couldn't get the licensing to it. So they just put whatever the fucking disaster song was. It wouldn't have fit in any better, just because I don't know what that was. But, yeah. No. But his ass gets... uh, Corkscrew to the hand. Hey, Teddy, you seen the corkscrew? Yeah, corkscrew to the hand. And machete to the face or cleaver to the face? Yeah, machete to the face. The face. And then slightly later on, (laughs) he's like nailed up in the doorway. And then I think whoever it is who busts through the doorway, you kind of hear him get ripped off the door. Which I always thought was kind of cool. I mean, you know, that's the price you pay for that seizure Watusi that you were doing before. I don't even know what the fuck that was. Now, had the other twin die? That's a damn good fucking question. Yeah, I don't remember. No, I don't remember either. But Teddy gets it because he's watching his burlesque porn. Oh, talking to the Teddy. You want to give Teddy Bear a fucking kiss? You fucking jackass. Go back to American Virgin. He didn't get laid in that movie either. (laughs) <laughs> fucking chooch right. he ends up with knife to the back of the skull knife to, knife to the back of the skull through the movie screen I believe right through the movie screen when the film flickered alright so now at that point we're in the we're now in the we're, Jarvis house right we've got Trish, Tommy and, and Hunter guy Rob I think his name is Rob, Rob. oh no but there's a the whole scene cause mom died off screen Mom died with the, there was a lightning strike on her face and she was, <gasps> and she died off screen. If you watch like the, the edits and whatnot, there's like the whole thing with her dead in the bathtub and, you know, I'm kind of glad that they cut that out. But no, we're right. forgetting the part where Rob is out there in the fucking tent. Oh yeah. And his tent is all tore up. Yeah. His gun is broke. I mean, bent up. Everything is ripped up. So, right. Trish is in the tent. Someone's by the tent. It's Rob. What are you doing here? Yeah, there's like that whole that, that whole business. So they get back to the house. Long story, even longer. He ends up in the basement, <laughs> and Rob cries like a bitch. Oh, that's right. He's killing me. He's, He's killing, killing me. He's killing me. He's killing me. Dude, that's like, I don't even know. Dude, Chrissy Swanson didn't cry that much when Jaws was eating her. 
It hurts. It hurts. When I the mean, fuck was it was a not when was Jaws Christy. eating Christy Swanson? That was wasn't that her name in the beginning of Jaws? In the beginning of the first Jaws? Yeah. Oh, the girl dude, in the I'm beginning. thinking of Christy Swanson, fucking Christy Swanson. Oh no no no! I'm thinking of fucking Buffy. Oh, I'm sorry, because I was wrong anyway. It was Chrissy Watkins. Chrissy Watkins. Okay, I'm like, wait a minute, what? Chrissy Watkins. What fucking right. Jaws movie was Buffy in? I don't remember that. <laughs> the remake. No. Uh, so then we have. He's, he's killing me. Thanks he's for the tidbit. <laughs> do, do we really need a narrative at this point? Uh, he's killing me. He's killing me. He's stepping on my toe. He's stepping on my <laughs> This isn't a time for exposition, folks. <laughs> the info dump was earlier in the movie. He's fingering my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, so long story short, kind of playing on part two, we do more Jason Mine screw. Where Corey pretends to be younger Jason? While he's looking at news... Yeah, he's looking at news clipping. So he shaves his head and decides, I'm going to pretend to be him. One of the best scenes of this movie is where Jason throws the body through the window. Oh, yeah. Oof. Brutal, yeah. dude. Brutal. Now, this is this is Ted White Jason. I think I've got maybe a three-way tie for my number two Jason. And Ted okay. White is definitely one of them because there is some brutality to that man and the way that he moves and did everything that's just like, oh, good grief. Right. Like, dude, when he shows up after that, you kind of, you know, soil your drawers a little bit. You're like, oh, I don't want any piece of this fucking dude. Yeah, because he throws the body through and then it's like a picture frame and he's there like, yo, what's up? And it's like, oh, yeah. shit. Yep. I'm here. That's good stuff, dude. So then while he's getting distracted... Mouth is up there shaving his head and looking at news clips thinking he's going to become Jason. You know, Trish puts up a pretty good fight, dude. Like, I'm not yeah, going to say it, that she's she's offensive, not like Chris Higgins. You know, she's doing her best, and it's awesome. But, dude, don't you find it a little annoying that none of these dudes in any of these movies can fucking handle Jason at all? Yeah. Tommy Jarvis is the only one who can even deal, and he's a kid. He's Right, he's like 11. You know, that's a little disappointing, dude. And in reality, that's through the entire franchise itself. Tommy Jarvis is the only tough guy until we get to Sam Winchester. That's sad. All right, so we end part four. Trish well, is holding up. Right, okay, no, we're talking Tommy Jarvis. Right, okay, yeah, never mind. I was going to correct you, but we're talking about the same character, just a different person. Well, I just got lost, so I'm just going to go with you. Okay, so yeah, Tommy Jarvis. He fights Jason. He goes on the offensive. He does the, right, he does the Ginny disguise mode a a la part two, trying to prey on Jason's, I don't know, fucking head injury. I don't know what else to call it. He pretends to be Jason. Jason gets all friggin' weird, and then Tommy goes bananas. And like you said, this was the intent was for this to be the end. Right, this is... Machete through the face. Hardcore, dude. Hardcore, sliding down, and then the machete little, too. Oh, with all the twitching and the head. All it took was a twitch, and then freaking Tommy Winape shit on him, and then die, die, die. die. Now this, you just hear in the background, Tommy. 
Now, this was going to be the end, and it would have left it in a kind of an ambiguous ending of, is Tommy going to be completely crazy and become a killer because of that look? Which makes it weird, because if that was the intention to end it, why would you? Why would you end it that way? Right. So that brought us to part five that we'll go through quickly. Because it's not all that memorable. Because it, it's, you know, all right. So Tommy is not, uh, as you would expect, but he's over at the, the farm, house. For, farm for weirdos. With the guy who gave Indiana Jones's hat in yes. Indiana Jones <laughs> on the Last Crusade. Right. And Dudley. He's with him and Dudley. Oh, and the broad from Slumber Party Massacre? Yes. Right? Is I, I think it's the first one. Well, she's all she's not all that memorable. Yeah, but yeah, that's where she she's from the Slumber Party Massacre. Yep. And then Dudley's brother was in Return of the Living Dead and ooh, Tour of baby, Beauty. Ooh, baby. Hey, man, ooh, baby. <laughs> It must be those damn enchiladas. Okay, Dude, so he basically, gets killed in the crapper, bro. Right. Okay. Now this movie, I mean, just really quick, the guy was the guy who directed this one was a porn director. I mean, I'm not saying this hyperbolically. I'm saying it was. It is the largest body kill of all the Friday the Thirteenth movies, which is a good thing. Okay. Well, okay. Do you know what the body count is, or do you just know from being the nerd that you are that this is the largest body count? I used to know. Fridays? I do know it is the largest body count because they they just I mean they literally just brought in characters just to kill them. I mean there is no reason for anybody to really be in this mood. Yeah. Well, um, dude. The I'll I'll throw one right at you. The does isn't Boner Stabone in this fucking movie? Was that him? I know who you're talking about. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, the two greaser dudes, they're the in the fucking greaser car. Dudes. Fix the fucking car. Isn't one of them Boner from Growing Pains? Oh, I didn't pay. Uh, you know what? Let me check. <laughs> did, I, did I just stump the Dino? You might have. Let me check. I think there should be an award for this kind of shit. Okay, so you got... Hmm, okay. But I do, like I said, I do know that. Oh, what was his name? Koenig. Uh, I know his last name is Koenig. don't remember his first name. And I know that because he is the son of Walter Koenig, who was Chekhov in the original Star Trek. But anyhow. You just I, basically I, spoke just Klingon to me because, yeah, I, <laughs> dude, I don't know fucking, uh, I, I do not know Star Trek. I don't know. But yeah, you did. You had, I mean, you had freaking ambulance douche. Roy? Well, no, you have Oh, Roy. not Roy. The other amb- the other ambulance douche. Uh, other ambulance douche. Then you have the, what is he, orderly guy? Mr. Uh, Snooflery's up your nose. That guy. Oh, my God. Snooflery's up your nose. Yeah, he's got the badass hot rod. Yeah, you didn't need to introduce him at all. No. You didn't need to introduce the whore that he's with who's having a yeah. conversation with herself. Surprise, look at my it's fucking titties. Get the time. fuck out of here right. with that. You Oh, dude, you know that there are several scenes from that movie that are filmed very close to me in a park that I walk my dog. Oh, wow. Yeah, I keep going over there, and Cat, Cat thinks I'm nuts because I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm like, I think this is where... 
this happened. And uh, actually, you know what scenes it is? It's this. It's where Demon gets killed in the in the porta crapper. Oh, okay. That's what they filmed over by my house. I'll go over there eventually. I'll take pictures. I'll figure it out. I'll post them up on the uh, the Facebook page. Okay, so then the one girl, uh, Ms. Voorhees. The one who essentially gets killed naked in the woods, channeling the burning. Yes, Because li- exactly. literally the way she gets killed is the fucking cover from the burning. Yes, exactly. I'm sure there right. was no coincidence in that whatsoever. Yeah, and like I said, coincidentally, her last name is Voorhees. That is kind of funny. And if you want to think about it, dude, the burning, that's early slasher, but Jesus Christ, dude, I don't even know what year that was. That was about 82, 83, I think. What year was my, what is it, my bloody Valentine? 81. Oh, so that's even earlier. Right. That movie sucks. Uh, Not a fan. Yeah, we'll go into that at a later date. But if I had to pick a bad slasher movie from that early 80s period, The Burning is definitely the better movie. It's got George Actually, Costanza. The Burning was 81, too. I'm sorry. Oh, The Burning was 81, too. Okay, so well then, uh, without a doubt, that's definitely right. the better movie. So moving on. Yeah, anyhow. Um, I feel like we've covered my bloody Valentine before. Oh, uh, uh, maybe, maybe you and I have covered my bloody Valentine yeah. before. But I don't know if we've covered it in front of all these I think sorry bastards that are listening to yeah. us talk. Okay, so then, I mean, we'll skip. There's bloodshed. There's carnage. It's not important because really it's not Jason. I don't hate the movie. No, I, I don't hate issues, the movie either. But it is what it is. It felt like a Friday. It did. If it wasn't an imposter Jason, it would have felt like a regular Friday. And I'm sorry, yeah. but the fucking crazy, the hillbilly broad with the... Mama? You know, with the, uh, yeah, mama with the, he hurt me, mama! You know, yeah. she's making stew, he's screaming like a lunatic. I'm not going to say that they were, uh, you know, Oscar-worthy performances, but shit, they were goddamn funny. <laughs> yeah, they were. And then the fact that Jason essentially gets killed by Dudley. Dudley? <laughs> Yes, I was just He gets killed by Dudley, dude. Yep. Oh, yep. a little reckless. And that, what, we got to talk about one thing real fast before we exit part five. Because, dude, the dance number. Oh, yeah. The the Robotron. Oh, my fucking God. That dance number. Well, I don't know what that is, was. But yeah. I don't even know what. There's a man with no light in his eyes. <laughs> Oh, wow. Here's a useless piece of knowledge for you. That girl who's dancing in that scene is the daughter of the woman who plays Patricia Arquette's mother in Dream Warriors. Really? You can take a vital she piece of information of your brain. She is Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. So anything that's important, you know, like something about the War of 1812, you can take it out of your brain throw it in the garbage, and put in the fact that this girl is related to the chick in Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Wars. Well, I'll give you one more. Uh-oh. Amy Irving. You know Amy Irving? Of course. She is the daughter of the woman who was the nurse in Dream Warriors. The woman who was the nurse in Dream Warriors. Who was also Amy Irving's mother... Ian Carey. Really? 
Yeah. Well, shit. And if I'm wrong, I look like an asshole, but no, I, I am about 99% positive that uh, I, even I'm Even if you're you. wrong, I'm not going to hold it against you because you are you have a uh, a 99% uh, correct rate. So uh, we'll just give it to you. All right, so we're, yeah, we're through part five. Yeah. Dudley kills Jason, uh, runs him over with a bulldozer, throws him out the fucking window. You know what I will say, though? One through four, you have a certain amount of nudity. And I guess it gets, it gets progressively worse as they go on. But it's never, like, offensive and, like, weird. You just kind of accept it into the formula that is Friday right. the 13th. It's teenagers doing something stupid. Oh, I'm going to run out. I'm going to skinny dip. I'm going to take off all my clothes. I mean, this is always going to seem foreign to me because I was a teenager once, too. And, you know, that shit didn't fucking happen. No. You could barely get one chick taking their clothes off, let alone fucking a half a dozen of them. Yeah. Yeah, that was always kind of weird. And then we get to part five, and everybody's, you know, that fucking like, broad talking to herself. It's showtime. Yeah, it's showtime. <laughs> Who the fuck does that? I don't know. I mean, yeah. ma- dude, maybe these girls now do that. I don't, you know, I don't know. I. So we, I mean, we make up for that in part six, because there's nothing. Nope, nothing. So we start off with a bang, though. Okay, we start off with Corey Feldman again well, in the rain. Well, not really Corey Feldman. Well, no, no, no. We do start off with Corey Feldman. In part six? Yes, sir. Corey Feldman. Jason's tombstone or something no, like that. No, dude. Nope. In the rain. Nope. That's part five, bro. Oh, you're that's right. the beginning of part five. Oh, I'm going to ask. Okay. So Shutting wait. it down. Oh, you're right. You got me. <laughs> It's it. It's part five, bro. Okay. Oh, okay. Quick tidbit, and then we move on. Dude, you know that they fil- I think they filmed that in whoever was directing that movie. I think they filmed that scene in like his parents' backyard or something. Wow. Yeah, there's some weirdness that goes on with, with that scene, dude. I'll get back to you later on. All right. Part so six. six could, go ahead. Six go ahead. Opens up with just the car ride. Is that what? Where does six start? I mean, I know. Yeah, I think it starts off with the car ride. With the car ride. Okay, so you have Tommy Jarvis, who is, uh, what is it, Tom Matthews? Yes. Tom Matthews from Return of the Living Dead, one and two, and freaking Ron Polito. Horshack. Horshack from Welcome Back, Carter, who, who are two escapees from. Wherever they are, going are they, to the group. Dude, are they escapees or did are they did they get let out? It made me. Well, I guess it's it, it's a possibility. I was I always think under they, the impression that they're kind of strung that, out on bail, man. I don't know if they I don't know if they escaped. Okay, so the two of them they know each other from the institution, you know, and 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 Horshack knows all about Tommy's messed up head, you know, because they dug up the grave and he just starts going to town with the rod on the body, the fence post. And he must like, have really he's, messed you up, man. He, yeah, yeah, he, he says some shit. Up. Pouring uh, gas on him. The guy the grave for some, and then freaking, like, Universal Monsters, lightning strikes, and wakes up freaking Jason. Now, this is, this is where, okay, now, you and I, I think, are in the same thing, where did Jason die as a little kid? Or was Pamela just so screwed up that that is her side of the story. I'm going to go with Pamela so screwed up that that's her side of the story. She went through something traumatic and that's just what she's fucking telling people because clearly Jason did not die. If he died anywhere, it's at the end of the final chapter. 
Right. So, yeah. So this is where Frankenstein zombie Jason starts. He um, was a wait. screwed up dude before wait, wait, that. Wait, 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 wait. No, Frankenstein zombie Jason? No. Zombie okay. Jason to me is the next movie. Okay, Frankenstein Jason. Frankenstein Jason. Right. Well, because this movie is clearly it dude, it's fucking Frankenstein. It is. It is. Everything about it, it is a gothic horror tale. It's fucking Frankenstein. And that's right. why this is my favorite Friday. Yeah. Not necessarily the best, although it is awesome, but it is my favorite Friday. Now, and this is who? C.J. Graham? As Jason, yes, and Tommy yeah. McLaughlin is the director. Right. So now we're actually at a camp. Yes, we are at a camp. Can I say one thing before this? Yeah, oh, please, this go goes on. on. Okay, yes, C.J. Graham is Jason, but C.J. Graham is not the only Jason. You know the scenes early on in this movie where... Jason is walking through the woods, assaulting the paintballers after he comes out from the grave. Yeah. Okay, that is not C.J. Graham. That's some other dude that I can't remember his fucking name. They got rid of him because he was out of shape. And if you look at him stalking through the woods, and as much as I love those scenes, if you compare that Jason to Jason later on in the movie, you can tell it's not the same guy. Early Jason in part six, yeah, you know, he's a little lumpy. Jason mm -hmm. later on in the movie is a formidable, oh shit, I don't want to deal with this dude. So there are technically two Jasons in that movie. C.J. Graham just being the one that you gave a shit about. No offense to the other dude. So Okay. <laughs> All right. So essentially, Jason comes up, freaking punches from uh, Horshack through, 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 through the through gut. Through the chest. He, yeah, he, he wrecks through him. Through the chest and rips out his freaking... Pulls his heart out, essentially. Freaking picks up that damn mask. Turns around with that fence post. And then we have the 007 beginning. Oh my god, dude, it's awesome. Yeah. They zoom into the eye. Jason walks at the and does a slash and the 007 beginning. Dude, it's so awesome. Yeah. That movie starts out so epic. It's fucking beautiful. So then... Credits, and then he comes running into the police station, right? I mean, it, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty abrupt right there. Yes, it is. Like I said, this is, you know, back at the camp. Now we've got a camp full of kids. Yeah, because they're coming in. The councils are already there. You know what the only thing that's scarier than old Jason? And then the bus rolls up with the fucking kids. Yep. Now, here's a geek factor. The one smart-ass kid. The so, what were you gonna be when you grew up? Kid. Oh, I know who exactly who that fucking kid is. He was in another camp movie. Yeah, yeah, a really, a really fucking good one that we are definitely gonna visit on this yeah. podcast. One that featured Michael J. Fox. Okay, there's there's a little tidbit. <laughs> that kid was cool, and that is that. Okay. Yeah. He was. <laughs> and dude, just the little bit of comedy that he brings to this movie is, oh, dude, it's it's awesome. I was, I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, you know who's going to know about that, that movie, that camp movie? Me, you, and like three other people. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, we're at the camp. Jason, well, we skipped over the part where Jason kills the guy from Ghost. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, one of the best scenes in the movie, they're driving through the woods with the Volkswagen, yeah. and she is like, he's like, why are you stopping? And she's like, I've seen enough scary movies to know that a guy in a mask is never friendly. That's Tommy McLaughlin's wife. Is it? Yeah, that's his wife. Oh, okay, cool. And then... What's his face from Ghost? I can't remember his name. He's he's usually he usually plays a pretty good role. Yeah. He's a good he does a good job playing a creep. He gets out with that starter pistol. He's like, "Don't worry about it." And I'm looking at she's like, "Don't worry. What are you, Dirty Harry?" And I'm looking at it. I'm like, "Dude, that's like a fucking BB gun. I don't know what you." Yeah, <laughs> it's a pea shooter. And get the fuck out of here with that. Jason had taken the rod already and went through the tire, right? Yeah, he blows out the he blows out the, the car. wheel well. Right. The, yeah, the tire and the fender, and he's getting out of here with a glorified BB gun. Right. Yeah, good job, <laughs> dummy. So uh, Jason ends up running him through and freaking flipping him like a pole. Yeah, ball, he but... does the flip. She jumps out of the car. She's like, with her wallet, take it, take it, take it, take it, which is actually a feasible reaction because you don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. And then Jason disappears, and there's the music, and she's looking around like, what the fuck just happened? And then she catches the fence post through the gullet, and it's... And then they sh- they cut to the American Express card floating in the puddle. And I don't know if I read it or heard it, but that was done purposely to get a reaction so that when people in the theater saw it, they went, you know, yelling at the screen like idiots, don't leave home without it. Without it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's true, but that's what I heard. And if it is, that's awesome. Okay, so everybody's dead. Those right. two are dead. Everybody at the camp, they're there, making reference to the kids coming in. It's fucking scary. And then you got, um, all right, you got Cord, ripped jeans, stereotypical 80s dudes, who right. is actually listed in the credits of the Karate Kid. I have yet to spot him in that movie, but that's oh, wow. something that we can talk about. Okay. Yeah, he's listed there, and he has a name. He's not like, you know, Rando number three. He actually yeah. has a name, and I'm I, I'm like, wait, where the fuck was he? You know, he's out there making friggin' Indian piles with boulders, talking about fathers wow. and squaws. Right, fathers and squaws, and the whole thing. Oh, you know, you go over and knock it out, and... Yeah. <laughs> Right. There's the whole shit with fucking Tommy in the in the jail. Don't shoot, don't shoot. He's in the fucking jail. And then there's getting douche nozzle uh, deputy. He's got the brand new laser scope. Wherever the red dot goes, you bang. Right. There's that whole shit. And then there's like the lovey puppy love between Tommy Jarvis and Megan. Megan, right. Who is basically a useless final girl. Yeah. She doesn't really contribute much. Right. You don't dislike her. She's got a little bit of the car chase. I think she's got the, I don't know, man. Camaro 77, I'm guessing off the top of my head. There's that whole thing. The only thing that I liked about her, you know, she's got like that weird thing with Tommy. And then they meet up at Karloff's general store. I'm sure that has nothing to do with the. No. With the Frankenstein connection? Too. No, not at all. Jeez, no. All right, so then there's the car chase. They take him back into custody. Eventually, she breaks him out. She's uh, They go back to the camp. I'm trying to think. Oh, well, Jason kills... Jason kills the cemetery guy. <laughs> I think I am a burnhead. He kills that guy. After he's walking in the woods, he throws the bottle. Jason catches it. 
breaks it, stabs him in the neck. Awesome scene. Then there's those two, uh, you know, canoodling in the woods with a Vespa. They're trying to be cute. Jason shows up, kills them. Now we're back to the camp. Jason pulls the one chick out of the window. She leaves her slippers inside the cabin. Mm -hmm. She's dead because she's trying to make up bullshit card games about Camp Blood. And right, different cabins. Yeah, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then, all right, so that happens, and then she's hanging there with the other friggin' homegirl. Jason kills her. That's the one who makes the bloodbath all over the all over the cabin. Right, the second girl. Then we're aren't we at the scene Are we at the where RV? Jason is? Oh. I don't know how I fucking forgot that. Thank you, dude. We've got RV. Right. Cord is in the RV banging the chick who was in Can't Buy Me Love. I think she was getting banged in the back of a car in that movie, too. I could be wrong, but I'm just guessing. Cord, they finish what they're doing. The power goes out. He drives. She flips back to the back. They listen to Alice Cooper, Teenage Frankenstein, which is off of... Teenage Frankenstein is off Constrictor. And of course, there's a tie-in with Alice Cooper because Alice Cooper did the title song and the video for Jason Lives. Man Behind the Mask. mask. Rock on. Yeah, so she flips to that. He, she walks up to go to Cord. Jason's in the bathroom, grabs her. They're having a struggle banging around. Cord's driving. This, Cord says, oh, this uh, moves for a funny big ass vehicle or whatever the fuck he says. And then, what are you doing, baby? Taking a dump? A dump? <laughs> <laughs> Jason takes her head, smashes it through the freaking wall through the mirror in the wall through the metal wall dude which is probably one of the best scenes in that dude you see him grab her head he starts pushing she has this look of shock (gasps) and then all you see is the indent on the other side face on the other side like one of those pin little toy things that you get at walmart the only one of those scenes that i can think that is better than that is in Nightmare on Elm Street 1 when Freddy is going over the bed, which is phenomenal, but that's another day. Yeah, phenomenal when when practically done in the original. So so he ends, uh, Jason comes out, freaking comes up behind Cord. With the Rambo um, survival knife starter kit that he stole from the paintball dicks in the beginning. Cord sees him through the Rearview. And he catches it through the ear, and then the soundtrack echoes off right. while the fucking RV turns on its side. Flips and freaking. And then we have superhero oh. freaking Jason blows the door off the side and freaking stands up on the RV, just standing there like as a superhero. Can fucking be. It is the screensaver on my computer as we speak. Because he, cool. he blows the door off like fucking Chuck Norris and then just gets up there like, what, bitch? Yep. Holy crap, dude. That scene is amazing. Now back to the camp. Everybody's kind of back at the camp. 
The cops show up back in the camp. Screaming, yelling. This is when Jason... Dude, isn't this the scene where he comes into the kid's cabin? And yeah. she's like, it's the boogeyman. And then they just keep doing the close-up and the close-up and the close-up. At the kid, she's hiding under the blanket. You're just looking at, at Jason. Dude, that is a beautifully filmed scene. Like, if you just look at it for the visuals, the Jason mask and the music and the little girl hiding under the covers, and then Jason just yeah. disappears, it epitomizes everything about Friday the 13th. I'm not here to kill little kids. I was a little kid once, too. Shit went south for me. I am here to kill all these other assholes. Yep. Right? Yep. Cool. So then we got cops around, and we're shooting. Girl runs to the one cop. The man, the man. What man? Scary man. That one. Ah! Right, yeah. Jason comes out of the bushes, totally wastes that cop. And freaking... Crushes the head, doesn't he? I remember what he does to that guy. I remember what he does to the sheriff, which is like 30 seconds later, which is one of my top five without a doubt. Oh, yeah. He's laying down for each. Well, the cop shoots him a couple of times. Jason kind of rolls. Yeah, he rolls and he just kind of gets back up, like, what, bitch? And the cop goes, yep, and he bends that some bitch like a freaking Castro convertible. (laughs) Bro, he snaps him in half. Backwards, dude. Yeah. I put that up there against the sleeping bag kill any day, dude. Everybody sleeps on that. I'm like, yeah, dude. You do realize what happened here, right? He snapped yep. him in half in reverse. I want you to think of the physically how that works. <laughs> so then, freaking, there's a is that one where the cop is at the dock, right? Jason comes up, freaking throws a knife yeah, at him. Yeah, he catches him with the knife. Lands his ass in the. Yep, Which, I gotta tell knife. you, reminds me a lot of a bow and arrow scene from 2009. Okay, yeah. Very, very similar, dude. He's like, off to the yep. side. Oh, fuck this dude. <laughs> yep, and so Tommy and Meg show up, uh, and this is the whole... Hey, Come on, Meg ahead. The freaking... The Jason's like, going after Meg, and then Tommy calls him over, and... Does that little thing for a while, and Tommy locks on the—I mean, Jason locks on the Tommy. This is own. a weird thing to me, and I could be wrong. Jason voluntarily just walks into the water, no fucks given. But later right. on, they try to—they they yeah. try to they play it off like, one... uh, yeah, you yeah. know, like Jason is uh, Mike Brody's brother in Jaws 3, and he don't yeah. want to go into the water. I always thought that was a yeah, little strange. No. Jason 6, he don't fucking care. He's like, you're going to die, motherfucker. Nope. He didn't care in, in uh, 4 either. Yeah, he, he went, went swimming. He got picked. So, yeah, a, another yeah. weird continuity so, error. That's that another reason why Friday the 13th, 13th episode part 2 will be happening. <laughs> Because of this. Well, because we're, uh, we're basically at the end of six, and, uh, and oof, that, we've, been, we've, been, we've been here a long time, my dude. In this franchise, yeah. Well, well, so, we can wrap up part six, because we basically... All right, well, yeah, we'll spoil the ending. Here's what happens. Tommy's in the water. He's got a chain, a big-ass motherfucking rock, and some gas, and he's not playing games. He's calling Jason yep. out like a bitch. He goes uh, Billy Madison on yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> And takes <laughs> the shit and sets it on fire. <laughs> so so he lights the freaking lake on fire. He does a ring of fire. He goes Johnny Cash. 
there's a ring of fire Insane around the boat to drive out Jason. <laughs> and then yeah then he's drowning and it's just like I don't know why I'm drowning I'm in the water there's a whole bunch of gasoline and there's fire <laughs> so, he jumps up Tommy gets a freaking rock around his ass I mean the chain around his, his neck. neck with the rock his neck drops a rock Jason's pulling at him and freaking you, you turn on the engine no and no 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 that's not the end, bro. Dude, Jason's pulling okay. at him. There's a whole bunch of shit. Tom, you, dude, Tommy basically does the job, but Jason's not going down. He's like, bitch, you're no, fucking no, coming no. with me. And he chokes Tommy out, yep. dude. He goes full on Undertaker. He chokes that motherfucker out. And then Tommy floats up to the top, and then Megan runs to the end of the beer. Tommy, she's got her 80s boots on with a fucking high waist jeans, and she just she jumps in like she thinks she's Greg Luganis, but she's clearly not. And she jumps in there, and she's trying to save Tommy. Megan's the one who actually puts the end to Jason in the movie. Tommy is allegedly dead. She's going in there to try to save him, and then Jason's grabbing at her feet, and she's pulling at the end. Engine, and she gets the engine on and she turns it and she's chopping and it looks like a goddamn Purdue chicken fucking commercial and it's just <laughs> Megan pulls Tommy to shore there's all the kids on there it's like fucking yeah 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 there's mouth to mouth he comes back to life and that's kind of essentially the end of the movie and then they just go to slow-mo Jason bottom of the lake with the chain on you think he's fucking dead and then the eye opens um, yep and that's how part six ends. Yep. And that, yeah, and I'm good with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm totally that's, that's I am totally good with that. I'm good with that. We've and got then, another six movies to go through, but I think this episode we need to wrap up because we have been shooting the fucking shit way yeah. too long. We will reconvene on this, but I think you want to do some thank yous here. Yes, I do. I I have a couple Real quick, thank yous. As always, I want to thank uh, the Farsighted, Blaine, Atmondo McLaren, and uh, Justin. I want to thank them for hosting us as always. Yeah, we definitely want to thank everybody that's been following us, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you guys have been great. You've been spreading our name out there. We, we thank you a lot. And if you guys are listening, uh, leave us feedback. You know, Let us know, you know. How our ridiculousness is coming across. Yeah, and if you have any uh, uh, interesting Friday the 13th useless information points that we might have glossed over, we would definitely be happy to hear about it because we're fucking dorks. Dino's a bigger yep. dork than I am. I just want to tell everybody that. Yeah. Bigger dork. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously we geek out on this. Yeah, time to wrap it up. It's dude. been, it's been crazy. Yeah. Uh, we told y'all we'd be doing something super-sized for Friday the 13th. Dude, always, uh, yeah. always a pleasure to talk to you, man. It's been fucking great. Absolutely, man. Dude, thank you, thank you bro. Have a good yeah, one, man. Keep in touch with yourself. <laughs> Bye. What are you doing back there? Taking a dump? <laughs>